Jonathan Taylor is officially allowed to seek a trade. Will he get it? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day this is your daily podcast covering your indianapolis colts part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day this episode is brought to you by linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply. I am Zach Hicks, your favorite film nerd over at horseshoehuddle.com. And joining me today is my former colleague, my ex-colleague, actually, uh, beat writer for A to Z Sports. That is Destin Adams. He covers Indianapolis Colts still. He just kind of stepped away from our site and kind of took a different job there. So Destin Adams is going to join us to talk all about uh, this Jonathan Taylor situation. And I think Destin's a great person to go to for this because he's a beat writer for a different site. Give us a little bit of different perspective on it. So uh, our first segment, we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor uh, being able to seek out trades for other teams, what that kind of means for the Indianapolis Colts and what that means for Jonathan Taylor. And then we're going to talk about potential trade packages. And then we're going at the last segment, we're going to dispel some uh, rumors that are going around about this entire thing. And, and I know a lot of national guys are talking some crazy, uh, crazy rumors and crazy things here. We're going to address all that in the third segment. Uh, but Destin getting into this first segment, Jonathan Taylor is officially allowed to seek out a trade from other teams. Now what that means from my understanding of it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Destin, uh, his agent is now officially allowed to reach out to other NFL teams engage if those teams would one be willing to engage in that type of contract that he is seeking and then two also whether they would be willing to give up some capital for Jonathan Taylor so before this juncture in the Jonathan Taylor saga uh, other teams could not talk to Jonathan Taylor's representation they they technically could not uh, outside of that it would be uh it would be uh you know, collusion. But as of right now, they are allowed to talk to Malki Kawa and they're allowed to talk to Jonathan Taylor and they're allowed to see kind of where his injuries at, where his contract demands are at, where the whole compensation is allowed to be at. So this is a notable break in the Jonathan Taylor dilemma, but it doesn't really change too, too much. It's just that the Colts are now like basically able to listen to what other teams are willing to offer. If, if, if I got that right or wrong here, Destin, correct me, but um, I think that's kind of how it goes there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you have to worry about me correcting you very often, Zach. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I think that's basically covers all of it. I mean, I think the, nothing really changes here outside of teams are able to talk to Jonathan Taylor. I don't think this 
increases, decreases the likelihood that a trade was going to happen. Um, I think where they were is where they were. Um, now all that's going to happen is those teams can kind of figure out more information from Taylor's side of things, hear his perspective on those things, where, where before, if they were reaching out to Indianapolis, that's all they could receive is Indianapolis's point of view. So they may have known what it would take from the Colts to get a trade done, but they wouldn't know what that contract that Taylor is looking for that is a big part of the trade here because mm-hmm. no, no team is trading for a guy that's disgruntled over contract disputes without giving them that said contract because then you're just bringing those disputes to you with by giving up draft assets. Um, so we, we, we'll see how it all plays out. But um, I, I, I understand why it was notable. It was a change um, in – the preseason window where anything that happens is going to be major news and the Colts and Jonathan Taylor are just dominating preseason headlines right now. It's a good time to be writer for them, I guess, right, Zach? <laughs> I mean, for you, maybe. I'm I'm not a beat guy, though. You're, you're a beat reporter. I'm just an analyst that breaks down films. So for me, it's like, oh my gosh, another Jonathan Taylor thing. For you, it's like, oh my gosh, let me report more on Jonathan Taylor. Zach, Zach, wants, Zach is more interested in breaking down the fifth safety on the Colts and what they didn't <laughs> the preseason game where where I was I've had to write 13 Jonathan St- Taylor stories in 7 days. Let me let me post my 20 Grant Stewart special team snaps and we're going to be rolling here but <laughs> <laughs> talking more about Jonathan Taylor here when we're looking at this situation I think one thing is really interesting with this new development is teams are finally able to inquire about the injury. Now, we've had a lot of comments on this podcast through audio and through video uh, also on social medias through Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's called and Facebook as well. So wherever you guys are joining us, you can, you know, I've MySpace. seen the, yeah, my space. I've seen all the comments that people think that Jonathan Taylor is faking this ankle injury, that this ankle injury is just a way for him to hold out until he gets that contract. I think we're going to find out here in the couple next couple days or wherever it's going to be when teams start making actual offers, that ankle injury is kind of a big part of this equation. I don't think that ankle injury is a fake, but Dustin, you could probably shed some more light. I don't think that that ankle injury though is him just trying to hold out. I think that ankle injury is a legit injury that is still nagging him and something that I've heard, and I know you're more connected to me, so you can you can definitely enlighten us on this, but something I've heard is when teams are asking him about the ankle injury, he's saying, oh, it's getting there. Like, it's getting there. It's getting close. That doesn't tell me that he's faking the injury. That tells me that the injury is real and he's still trying to rehab it right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he failed a physical. Um, I think people look at that like it's an easy thing to do, like it's a English test on a Tuesday that if you don't study for it, you can fail it. Um, and, I mean, p- have there ever been players that have – stretch the truth a little bit on what was going on to not have to play through injuries. Sure. But Jonathan Taylor failed a physical. That is the true statement. Um, it's how you can land on the pup prior to training camp beginning um, to get on that active pup list, failing the physical is a big part of that. Um, so that's, that's real. Like that, that part of it is there now the physical aspect of it's interesting for a trade because technically teams can waive the physical being required to fulfill a trade. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just just like for a free agency move, anything like that, you can make it contingent on those things, but you don't have to. You can waive those things. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how these trade maneuvers. Um, I, I had heard from one person that they had spoken with someone in Jonathan Taylor's camp and that that person had heard that if a trade were to get done, if a contract got done, that Jonathan would be ready to play. Um, not saying that means he's playing at 100%. Um, I think that's a big part of it is why, without the long-term contract right now, there is no interest there to play through a non-100% body health. Um, whereas if you you get that contract and you're at a 75 80% and percentile on your body, you're more inclined to put it out there and go out there anyway. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on really quick because we we have to move on to our second segment and talk about potential trade packages, though, is there seems to be this very pressing need to get those guarantees to get that money right now. Right now, we need that money. Like we can't wait until after the season where and, you know, if we're looking at all the metrics like Jonathan Taylor, by all likelihood, was going to have a career season with a player like an Anthony Richardson. So why not play out this last season? But part of me keeps coming back to the ankle injury. Like is the ankle injury worse than what we expected? And that's why he needs that guaranteed money right now before he steps on the field. Do you have any thoughts on that real quick, Destin? Yeah. I mean, I think that plays into it. Um, I think the, the knowledge that if an injury does occur week five, week six after playing that it would hurt his long-term market, whether that's with the Colts or elsewhere. Um, I think the other side of it is, I mean, all there's all these things going out about how Chris Jones um, in Kansas city is willing to hold out until week eight. And when he was called out about it, his his comment on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it was, I I have it. I have the money to pay those fines till week eight. I I don't think Jonathan Taylor is in the same situation. Um, coming off a rookie deal. I I mean, not saying he doesn't have money. That's not at all what I'm saying. Um, But I'm not sure he's in that inkling to take that $40,000 a day fine up until that week eight mark to where you could via the new CBA, you could technically fulfill the whole year's contract um, with the team. So I I don't think that's going to play into it with the, with the Colts or whoever this situation ends with. Yeah. Coming up, guys, we're going to talk about potential trade packages that could be out there for the Colts. And, uh, you know, again, Jonathan Taylor, plus whatever team gets involved in that. So we're going to talk about those trade packages and see if they're actually realistic or not. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I personally got some uh, Bird Dog shorts not too long ago, and I use them when I'm working out. I use them at work. I use them when I'm doing yard work. It's a great, great khaki short fit. Uh, for anything that you really need it to be. It can be nice enough for work, but it can also be uh, sturdy enough for doing yard work and doing workout stuff like that. So they fit way better than regular shorts. They are made of a stiff restrict that are that are made of a stiff restricting cotton. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stick sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter a promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat with your order. For Bird Dog, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. 
And every dares, we're going to be back again tomorrow afternoon. We're going to be going into the evening. We're going to be going again in this afternoon live stream time to talk all about the Colts training camp and previewing the game against the Philadelphia Eagles that happens tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, the Colts play the Philadelphia Eagles in their final preseason game. We're going to be talking all that tomorrow on Locked on Colts. All right, Dustin. So getting into the second segment, we're going to talk all about potential trade packages. And you can you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I kind of highlighted three teams. I These are just three teams. Again, this is no source info. This is just me looking at three teams that, one, have a willingness to make big trades, and two, could potentially absorb a big contract from Jonathan Taylor. So I have the Rams, Bears, and Dolphins as my three teams. You don't have to confirm me with sources or anything. You can just speculate, do whatever you want. You don't have to do anything crazy on this podcast here, Destin. But what do you think about those three teams as potential fits for Jonathan Taylor in a potential trade? Yeah, I mean, this isn't breaking. Uh, I think it's already been put out there that somebody connected in Miami shared that Miami had interest. Um, I've heard that as well on that end. It's interesting because their cap situations – they don't have a lot of it, um, so it'll be interesting how they maneuver things. I mean, you can maneuver around the cap nowadays if you want to. Um, there's certain ways you can go about it to get guys their money and get that level of player there. And I think they are willing to go that route if they deem that injury to be the route to do. So I think Miami's interesting. Um, I got so much flack from the Chicago fan base for saying they were an interesting <laughs> one. Um, oh, my gosh. But, I mean, it, like. It, it, they have a lot of draft assets. They have a ton of money. And while people can say they like the young backfield they have, I mean, Jonathan Taylor coming in would by far increase the um, floor of that offense. So if that's a the route they decided to go, it would make a lot of sense to me. Um, you said the Rams. I mean, <laughs> the Rams in the past have, have went balls to the wall and went and got those level of players before, so I could see it. Um, a couple other teams that just have the cap space and assets that I think could make sense, um, being like a Washington um, for the Commanders, the Arizona Cardinals come to mind. Um, and, again, that's just uh, going off of the – off paper what looks like they could make sense yeah I was kind of looking at a couple of these teams here and something I put on social media the other day on Twitter slash X whatever the heck you want to call that that app now um I was kind of saying that I don't want like a young running back in return like I want a second round pick and an offensive lineman or a second round pick and a wide receiver like it's fine if we get a running back back because it makes most sense for the other team to send a running back because that running back is obviously going to get pushed down the depth chart. So you could look at the Bears, for instance, like you mentioned, like if you get a second round pick and Khalil Herbert or maybe a third round pick and some change plus Khalil Herbert, I think that's a big win for the Colts. Khalil Herbert was a really good running back for them last year. If you're getting a bunch of picks or a second round pick and Herbert, you're looking pretty good after that trade. But even I was kind of looking at these other teams I mentioned here, like the Rams and the Dolphins and even the Bears as well. I don't really like any of their interior offensive line. <laughs> does anyone, does any team in the NFL other than the Browns right now, like the interior offensive line depth they have? Yeah. Like I think it's the Browns and maybe the chiefs, the, the chiefs have a pretty decent offensive line group, but like, I don't know. Maybe we call the Browns. The Browns have like 40 million in cap space. Now they've been moving everything. I know they have 56 million in uh, under cap next year that they have to, (laughs) or over the cap next year, they have to kind of clean up a little bit, but 
I'm looking at these other teams. And I'm like, man, I guess like if I'm looking at the Dolphins, for instance, right? If I'm trying to take a 2024 second round pick off them, I was looking at their offensive line. I'm like, maybe Dan Feeney because he played under Steichen before, but like, eh. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, kind of a I crazy mean, situation. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough to try to mock what the situation would be. I mean, to me, getting a second Khalil Herbert, a second Roquan Johnson, however you'd want to look at it yeah. on from the Bears for perspective, I would do that. Um, everything I've heard is I just don't know if the Colts would do a second and a player for just Jonathan Taylor because, I mean, we'll get into it in the last segment that we're going to talk about, but like that, I don't think overall they feel pressured or demanded that they have to trade him. Like yeah. even, even if he's upset, like I, I just think in a perfect world, they would rather play this season out and pay him if he earns it. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But while I would do a second and a young player at a position of need, whether that's interior or line, whether that is a replacement running back, um, like I think those things would be worth it to get off the, headache that is occurring on both sides throughout this but i'm just not sure indy would do it yeah one thing i will say in this is shane steichen i don't have any source to shane steichen whatsoever but shane steichen i know for a fact from everything i've done research wise we have like a shared brain we're like disconnected twins me and shane steichen like we think the same about football so i know for a fact he is annoyed as heck about this situation. <laughs> I know that this is the most annoying situation ever because if you look at his past, running backs aren't that important to Shane Steichen. Like running backs are important. Don't get me wrong. I am not trying to downplay how important a player like Jonathan Taylor is. But if you look at Shane Steichen's past, it's so big for him just to have a running back that can hit the hole hard. That, that, that's the only thing that matters. It doesn't, you don't need a top five running back in his type of scheme. So I know for a fact, Shane Steichen is annoyed. <laughs> so he's going to be pressing to make a trade here. But Destin, before we get out of this segment here, I do want to run three potential trade packages by you. They're going to be very similar packages, but I just want to see where your thoughts lie with this. Just again, no source info, just Want to have some fun with it here. We got the Rams trading a 2024 second round pick and Kyron Williams, a player who just has not worked out for them. Uh, the Bears trade a 2024 second round pick and Roshan Johnson, or the Dolphins trade a 2024 second round pick and Salvin Ahmed. I hope I said that name right there, but three pretty similar packages. Which one would you take in that situation there, Destin? I mean, me, I would go Chicago's just because of the running backs there. I think Johnson is, has the best projection to being a bell cow if the opportunity and the stars align, and that's where his career goes. I think his skill set has the ability to be that bell cow type back in the NFL. He just happened to be behind a pretty notable running back in college. Uh, may have heard of him. Um, <laughs> a little Bijan, but uh, so I – that I think Chicago makes a lot of sense because of that. And I know it, it, it is not a direct correlation, but lots of ex Colts coaches are in Chicago where they didn't coach the running backs. Obviously a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball, for example, but Jonathan Taylor is a guy who before all of this was so, and I think still well beloved in the building in Indianapolis and everyone that's been around him. So yeah. like they have those guys there that just can vouch for the person that he is before all of this, that some teams may not think, he's worth a headache but overall he's not been a headache in the past 
Yeah. I think the one thing I'll add to that is I would probably take the Rams package. And that's only because like, I don't even care about Kyron Williams in this, in this equation. I think the Rams pick might be the 34th pick or the 35th overall pick in next year's draft because I've been, I've been looking at their defense. I've been looking at their offensive line and oh my gosh, like it might be the worst in all of football. So just getting me that premium pick there at 34, 35 and knowing Chris Ballard, how he would trade back seven times and get 25 more picks out of that. Like, I think that's extremely valuable to the Indianapolis Colts, but I think the Colts are going to have some offers to look over with this situation. But like you said, at the beginning of this, at this topic, will they actually entertain an offer unless it's a crazy high price like that first round pick, which kind of leads us into our last segment of today's show uh, coming up. We're going to talk about some rumors and just national media buzz that just doesn't make sense for this situation. And, you know, Des and I are going to kind of dispel a couple of those things. Uh, but first these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go to LinkedIn jobs, post your job, and then add your job with a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Destin. So the number one rumor that I wanted to talk about in this final segment is the number one thing I've seen from national guys. I've seen from just people again on Twitter slash X, whatever the heck you want to call that site. Jim Ursay is completely to blame for this entire saga. This entire saga is 100% on Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay had that crazy spiel after he met with Jonathan Taylor, where he said, uh, running backs don't matter. My life doesn't matter. Jonathan Taylor's life doesn't matter. And all that craziness. One thing I really want to hit on before I pass it over to you here is, look, <laughs> that, that comment has so little to do with this entire situation. This situation could be boiled down to Jonathan Taylor wants to get paid right now. He wants to get paid now. He wants the guarantees. He wants the extension. And the Colts are not willing to extend anybody until they see them under Shane Steichen. Jim Mercy doesn't factor into that at all. <laughs> like, Dustin, from what you've heard, again, you're you're more connected than I am, but like, is Jim Ursay any bit of the reason why Jonathan Taylor is having this whole debacle with the Colts? I mean, people know who Jim Mercy is. People know what Jim Mercy does. Like, I I don't think it is something that's like this brand new thing. I mean, if a mic gets put in his face, some sometimes things will get said. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it boils down to he says the right things and not the right way sometimes. Yes. Where what with what he was trying to say, for example, with the spiel of I could die tomorrow, Taylor could die tomorrow, <laughs> and the NFL would go on. Um, it, it was just saying that the NFL is bigger than owners, the NFL is bigger than players, and whether these things get figured out, like the NFL goes on. Now, how I just said that 
sounds a lot better, and you wouldn't have seen that <laughs> in the headlines everywhere. And it's the yeah. same exact statement, same exact yeah. statement, just said different ways. And I didn't include two people dying. So, like, th- there's just a, there's just ways to say things at times that I think would it make things better. Yes, but I don't think what he has done has increased a lot of things i mean there's been that social media drama here and there but jim ursay has never even responded to um alikawa when he's said those things um on social media so like i i just don't think jim ursay is increasing what is going on or adding to it I, I think jim for the most part lets his guys do their job so i think ballard is take ballard and co are taking care of the trade aspect things and uh like we said earlier shane steichen's focusing on football Yep, and then we have our second thing we want to touch on. It's two of three here, Destin, so we're going to get to a third one as well. But the Colts are lowballing Jonathan Taylor. That is completely false, completely false. The Colts have not made a single offer to Jonathan Taylor because of what I just said. They are not offering contract extensions to anybody until they see how they perform under Shane Steichen. So people going out there and being like, oh, yeah, the Colts are – demanding a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor, but they're lowballing him in house. That's not true. They are not offering him right now because they have been very clear from the beginning that they are not giving contract extensions to anybody until they see them under Shane Steichen. Look at Michael Pittman Jr. For instance, Chris Ballard in his opening press conference for training camp said, I love basically said, and this is paraphrasing, obviously, obviously paraphrasing. I love Michael Pittman Jr. to death. I would adopt him if I could, but we're not extending him because we're not extending anybody until we see them with Shane Steichen. So they're not lowballing Jonathan Taylor. They just aren't offering him anything as of right now, Destin. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we said earlier, it's just all about seeing what he looks like in this offense, seeing what he looks like post-injury. Um, things change. I mean, the entire offensive staff is different. You're not going to extend somebody um, if you are not 100% sure of how they work in that said offense. I saw the comment there that Adam Sheffer reported that JT has until next Tuesday. That aligns with, with what I had heard. I, I had put that out yesterday on Twitter that from what I was hearing, that it sounded like if a deal does not get done by Tuesday, which – that timeline for everyone that's listening is the cut down day. Um, if, if the, de- if a trade doesn't get done by cut down day, it gets significantly more diminished that a trade even comes to fruition um, on the Colts side and other teams. I mean, other teams want to get these things taken care of. So um, I, I agree with what was put out. I think it was um, Schefter put it out there, but I think it's uh, actually Stephen Holder's story that Adam Schefter was sharing. Yeah. And the one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, because I I know this can be more of me than you hear Destin, but I'll let you obviously comment on this as well. A lot of thing that's going around is the Colts are failing Anthony Richardson because he needs Jonathan Taylor to have success here in the NFL. And that is the most, that is the craziest statement out of all of these. Like I would, I would be fine with placing blame on Jim Ursay before I am fine with saying that Anthony Richardson needs Jonathan Taylor. Because if you look at the uh, at the Anthony Richardson type of quarterback, you know, the mobile quarterback that can be used in design run game, when have they ever needed a top-tier running back? When, when has that ever been the case? I mean, we go back to Robert Griffin III, and who was his running back in 2012 when he had that phenomenal rookie season? Oh, yeah, sixth-round pick Alfred Morris. <laughs> It was just a nobody before coming to uh, Washington. And he had a great year with RG3. Like, I'm not trying to diminish Alfred Morris whatsoever. Uh, 
but like he didn't need a top tier running back. He needed a six round player in Alfred Morris. Then you go to Lamar Jackson. He had what Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards was really good with Lamar Jackson, but like that's not a top tier running back right there. Then you go to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has Miles Sanders. <laughs> Miles Sanders. Maybe you could make the argument with Cam Newton. Cam Newton with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, but like Did don't get me wrong. I, great players, great players, but they were not top five running backs in the NFL. They were good players, but like, come on. And then if you want to, if you want to even go crazier with this here, oh, the Colts are failing Anthony Richardson by not giving him Jonathan Taylor, this top five running back. Then what are the Panthers and the Texans doing by giving Bryce Young, Miles Sanders this year? And then the Texans are giving CJ Stroud, Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce, who again, good players, but they're not giving them top five running backs. Like, oh my gosh, like uh, every team is failing the rookie quarterback because they're not giving these guys top five running backs. Like, don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor would be a great, great, great asset for Anthony Richardson. But if Anthony Richardson's going to be the quarterback that we want in Indianapolis, it doesn't come down to Jonathan Taylor playing or not. If, if Anthony Richardson needs Jonathan Taylor to be a successful quarterback, then he was not going to be a successful quarterback regardless. That is my biggest point I'm trying to make here with, with Colts fans is if Anthony Richardson absolutely needed Jonathan Taylor to be successful, then Anthony Richardson was not going to be successful regardless. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the argument can be made that Anthony Richardson – could be more beneficial to Jonathan Taylor than Jonathan Taylor can be to Anthony Richardson. Um, so I think Jonathan could be doing himself a disservice going elsewhere, depending on where that team falls that he ends up with. Um, there's, there's not too many just super immobile quarterbacks in the NFL anymore. We're kind of moving away from that, but um, who, who knows where he could land. And so I, I, I don't understand those things. I think maybe I can see that you're saying that Jonathan Taylor has been the best offensive um, weapon that the Colts have had over the past few years, which completely understand. So maybe you're saying that you're losing that top tier weapon before he can ever suit up with Anthony Richardson. But that doesn't change that this is not something they are doing to Jonathan Taylor. This is something yeah. that the Colts have decided they're doing for everyone. The Colts have not offered a contract to Michael Pittman. The Colts have not offered a contract to Jonathan Taylor. Like this is not something where they're choosing one or the other. They're just wanting to see them play. They want to see them in these offense and then we'll see where it goes. In all yeah. likelihood, you can only franchise tag one of them. So if they both wanted to stay and play, you're going to have to pay one during the season anyway, during or right after the season ends anyway. So to, yeah. like that, that, that's just how I keep looking at it is it, they obviously are just wanting to see these guys play, see what they look like in this new offense. Um, so that, that's why all these things that have been put out there have been interesting to me because I just feel like there've been people jumping to conclusions that the Colts are hypocrites. They don't value him enough to pay him, but they, they want a first round pick. Well, first of all, I could, I have a bunch of things in my house that we're having a garage sale next week that I don't value. I'm not giving it away for free though. Like I'm selling it this weekend at a garage sale. Cause that's just how life works. So even yeah. if they didn't value Jonathan Taylor, but they knew other people did, they're not selling low just because they say we don't like him, which is not the case, but just, just had to make that comment too. Yeah, no, like, like my record collection around my office here, I would turn my camera around if I could, but like my record collection around my wall here, I value it. But like, 
you know, if someone came and offered me $10,000 for it, I would sell them. I would sell them. I would just go buy them again for, for, for less. Yeah, for cheaper. But like, that's kind of what it comes down to. The Colts value Jonathan Taylor. They absolutely value him. And again, to, to kind of bring back my point, he would be amazing along, along Anthony Richard, outside Anthony Richardson. But it's not paramount that he has Jonathan Taylor. At the end of the, at the end of the day, the most important things for Anthony Richardson are Shane Steichen, the pass catchers, and the offensive line somehow figuring out what the heck is going on. Those are the most important things. Jonathan Taylor is great to have, and I would love to have Jonathan Taylor and his explosiveness and how good of a running back he is. But I care more about the offensive line. I care more about Pierce Pittman and Downs, and I care more about uh, Shane Steichen calling the correct plays for him. And also his confidence building throughout the year. Like those are more important to me than Jonathan Taylor. I love Jonathan Taylor's death and I hope he gets paid. I don't care if it's with the Colts or whoever, whoever it's with. But at the end of the day, the whole Colts franchise right now is around Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen, the offensive line and the pass catchers. So it's just, it's a tough situation right now. And Hopefully it comes to conclusion soon. The Colts either extend him or they're able to find a trade partner. But Everydayers, again, I appreciate you uh, joining <laughs> joining us and uh, entertaining this type of conversation. I know we've talked about Jonathan Taylor quite a bit on this podcast this offseason. So Everydayers, again, we'll be back tomorrow to preview the Colts preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, at Zach Hicks 2, and at the Destin adams all on twitter slash x uh destin is doing great work over a to z sports again a former colleague of mine but we still treat him as a brother here on lockdown colts also subscribe to the lockdown colts podcast on youtube where we listen to your podcast and we love your guys ratings and reviews and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow afternoon <laughs>